Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have two very special guests. I've Desiree Lavoie Dorsch is back. Hi. <laughs> and this is the first time on this podcast. I have Tim Dorsch. Hey. <laughs> Thank you guys both for coming, and we're recording from my home. I actually got podcasting equipment. So from Tim, beautiful sunny New Jersey. Yes, it is nice to be here in New Jersey. I think. Yeah. No, we were happy to come out here. It is nice out here. Just like getting here, you have to go through that part that smells like farts. Oh, yes. Like the Newark Elizabeth yeah. section. Why does it smell like that there? It's all the industrial shit. But like it smells like farts. I thought it smelled like, oh, like uh, wet shoes. <laughs> that, that was just my sweaty feet. <laughs> so first of all, uh, Tim and Des are married. And you guys have been married for, how long have you guys been married? You've been together a long time. Ten and a half years. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have been together a long time. And I actually met Tim first. When I quit teaching, I ended up at Parent Society. It was a very dark time in both of our lives. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> was it? <laughs> look, how, look how uncertain I am, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was it? Yeah, I think I was sleeping on a floor for much of that time. Well, so Tim, Jay, and Aton, they all moved together. Des had to still stay in Canada for a little bit longer, and then she came a couple months later. But yeah, you guys really took a huge leap by leaving Toronto to really try to make some dreams happen in New York City, but you guys didn't have really any money. So you had to, yeah, the three yeah. of you were like sharing one room. Yeah. When we first moved here, I had $800 that completely, and uh, Aton... I th- he had a bit more because he had actually won a game show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the greatest I forgot day. about that. I, he came he down. was so excited about it, too. And I was like, calm down. Yeah. I get it. He liked the money. But I mean, like, he almost felt like a little bit of like a winner in a way that I was like, it was a great accomplishment yeah. to him. But yeah, like, because I remember he, he, he went back to Canada like two weeks after we all got here to do this game show. And what game show was it again? What was the game? It was it you was, have to trick somebody into to, thinking you're not tricking them. <laughs> it was something about tricking people in public and there was hidden cameras and he mm-hmm. was in like some secluded area doing something. I don't know. But he won like $3,500. And when huh. we got that call, that was just the greatest because it's like, we can eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys were really um, broke at that time. And I guess I was too. You know, it wasn't a dark time because I just quit teaching it was a scary time yeah because the the positive was I left teaching which was very scary for me to do and I was like how am I going to make this happen and Shane and I had just moved from a two-bedroom to share a room so I was definitely in a place where I was like oh god how's this going to happen but then I got that job at parent society where I met you guys yeah um so it was actually uh... a very exciting time because I was like oh things are shifting I don't have to be a teacher, which was something that wasn't making my heart happy. And I just loved how creative you all were. Like I said, I met you first. Yeah, because I was PAing on, uh, what was that thing you were doing on the streets? What'd you call my baby? Yes. (laughs) It's called What'd You Call My Baby? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So stupid. Yeah, we would pick like um, one of the popular names that people were naming their babies. And then me and another mom, like Liz. Liz, yeah, be like, what do you think about but the name Brayden? But it wasn't Brayden? always Liz. Yeah. And we'd ask strangers what they thought of like a Brayden. What does Brayden say to you? Yes. <laughs> it was fascinating stuff. <laughs> and I remember it was very cold and it was always outside and everybody was miserable. Long days. Yeah. Long days. Um, but I remember you you guys came to one of my comedy shows at the Lantern. Yeah. I remember you saying you're like, you would really get along with my wife, Des. And I remember being like, Oh, yeah, right. Like, I remember being, because, like, you know, sometimes people will be like, yeah. oh, my God, you are so, like, my aunt. And then you meet the aunt, and she's like, I'm just a wacky gal. Yeah, and you're you like, oh, her that's what you yeah. think of me? Yeah, you meet her, and she's a Holocaust denier, and it's like, what did I, yeah. what did I present Where to you? Where was the connection? Yeah. They're like, you both have Jewish noses. I swear to God. 
So, uh, yeah, but like little did I know that you were so dead on, you know, because Des and you, obviously, but Des is like this very similar, like we have very similar senses of humor. Clearly, we're also very different, but Mm -hmm. we, we, yeah, Des and I, we uh, we're the ones that started the farts and assholes show that yeah. we had running for a little bit. And um, we have a, you guys should check out on YouTube. We have a sketch called cunt fishing that does <laughs> together. So we're, we're both there in that, in that vibration. But um, yeah. And then Jane Aton came and Des and I knew immediately you guys were my soul family at that point. And um, I think you guys eventually realized I was telling the truth and not just being creepy. Jada, yeah. get out of, <laughs> Tim's face. <laughs> Jada, honey, come here. Sorry. So because I'm doing it from home and I'm watching Jada, Shane's puppy. She wants to be all up in the action. Um, okay. So. She just wanted to lick the food off my teeth. Is that what was going on? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Jada, you're being a rude gal. Come here. Okay, honey. Um, well, so interesting doing a podcast where this is even an issue. Lying on yeah. the floor. <laughs> yeah. I have to clean up dog shit while podcasting. You know, it's a new thing. Oh, but you're such an angel, aren't you? You are an angel. Okay. So let's get into some topics. How? Okay. Um, so Desiree, Timmy D. Yeah. I was saying that Shane showed me this robot video i wish he was here so i could ask him ask ask him ask him the name of it but essentially we're just getting closer and closer to the singularity of robots (laughs) yeah i'm laughing because jada's on tim's face again (laughs) no go on go on i'm I'm listening (laughs) jada yo mind your business she's like trying to french kiss you what if she's a robot and she's just getting uncomfortable that we're getting closer and yeah, closer? Yeah, she's trying to distract to us from this conversation. Knowing that robots are taking over. <laughs> That's what she... Don't fall for her cuteness. She's just a robot pup. Can you imagine she just bit my face off right now and I was right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a dog bite a guy's nose almost off one time on a shoot. Really? I'm not going to say the name oh. of the place that it happened That's and right. who it was involved, but for legal purposes, but yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> Well, I don't think Jada would do that. She's a pretty sweet I nugget. Think she, I think she would. But they're all animals. They're all capable yeah, exactly. of horrific <laughs> yeah. things if they feel threatened. Um, okay. Back to the robot thing. Yes. So you can take this robot into your house and it really becomes like part of the family. And it was just like like the robot knows the music you like and can start playing it. And it helps you with tasks and cleaning. And, you know, it just really made me be like, Like, oh, man, we are just getting closer and closer to that type of consciousness really surpassing. So is it just like a robot that you like, what is it like? It's like an Alexa that sits in the corner and talks to you. No, it like moves around. It's like a big robot that. Not super big. I'd say the size of like Jada, like a small dog. Huh. But still roaming around the house with you. And the whole thing they were selling is like, it's part of your family. And I said to Shane, I'm like, so basically it's a friend that you buy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Does it look like it has human features or no. is it clearly like very is it just robot-y a It looks looking. like a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> you can't bake anything. <laughs> and I don't think you can fuck it as far as I oh. know. But that's getting closer too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There uh what was that? There is a robot somewhere where if you touch where like the robot knew where its butt would be even though it was just a tube and if people touched its butt that its meters went up or something really this is very uninformed but there's some Why sort would the of a robot have a tube for a butt What's no no its, out? its whole body was a tube <laughs> oh. he was like a like a garbage can shaped robot that was just a cylinder but somehow it knew like like alexa did like it, the shape of Alexa. Did but it, it like knew. it when people touched its butt? I don't think so. <laughs> and they also were touching where its crotch would be. And it didn't like that either. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like people touch where my getting, crotch would it's be. It's all just getting like mixed, you know, like, and that's where I think it's headed is that like once consciousness can just surpass a certain point where it has every type of information. Because I was thinking about that. I'm like, what if God whatever that is, is like this big source of information. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally right. The internet times a bajillion trillion, whatever. It just, 
but it's not necessarily good or bad. Yeah. Well, the internet is. It's just is, all of it. Uh-huh. Right? It's pretty much like collective consciousness. Like it's yes. everybody and the internet knows everybody's like biggest fears and desires yes. and stuff too. Just by like what you're Googling, it says everything about you as a person pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's just the collective stuff. So I'm like, what if God is like all of our collective mm-hmm. stuff? In that sense. And and still it's made of love, which I believe love is the fabric of the universe and it's evolving and growing. So whatever this bigger thing is, um, it doesn't have to be stagnant. You mm-hmm. can keep adding to it and it keeps shifting like the mosaic that it is. And And once again, I don't know, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who've studied this and done a lot of things where they're like, I just find it fascinating how the more healing work I do, I still can't get out of my head. Like how do robots affect and and integrate within this whole thing? Like what's their role, right? Because we're all just conscious making factories, even humans in our bodies, even though they're Mm -hmm. organic, what makes us not a robot in a sense is we just have this organic vessel that our consciousness is kind of downloaded into, right? Or like contracted into Mm -hmm. in a sense. I think that if people create robots, then robots are just going to be a reflection of us one way or the other. Yeah. So I think it's like, it either goes, there's a couple of ways it can go if robots eventually take over mm-hmm. and become more important than us. I think it's either, like we were kind of talking about before, that robots don't, I think the things that they lack that we have would be things like um, empathy and love and, and uh, sympathy for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you program a robot to do a task, it's going to do that task no matter what. And it will, if there's something that gets in the way, it'll get it out of the way. Uh-huh. So if like you program a robot to make a car mm-hmm. and then a person happens to walk in front of it while it's trying to do that, it'll cut the person in half, mm-hmm. which just happened recently. Oh, really? Well, actually, it's a little bit scarier than that. <laughs> it was at a, <laughs> at a, Sweet dreams, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was at an auto plant in Michigan. And for the first time in recorded history, a robot that was programmed to make cars or do something like whatever they do with cars. Okay. I could just look up your skirt. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Allowed. She's your wife. Yeah. You own her. <laughs> She's your property. Um, this robot went away from what it was supposed to do and like rolled into another part of the factory and cut somebody's head off. What? So it chose to yeah. stop working for a second and go over and cut somebody's head off? Why? No, it crushed Do we know? her head. Why? Okay. Wow. That's horrific. <laughs> yeah. Why? Like what? What was the malfunction to well, do that? They didn't say, but <laughs> that's a pretty big <laughs> a spokesman said that like wanted to clarify that this particular robot doesn't have artificial intelligence, so it wasn't making a conscious choice to do this. They're like, we planned this years before. She was a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that one robot that you buy that after five years of working on cars will kill the one woman that you hate. Yeah, no, yeah. Something, yeah. something's up there for sure because for a robot to have a certain task that has nothing to do with crushing skulls <laughs> to suddenly take a fucking coffee break yeah, yeah. and like go and into a different section. You? <laughs> Sounds a little fishy. Like, what is going on there? Did the robot have a weird thing of consciousness that grew and evolved? Maybe this woman was so annoying <laughs> Yeah, that even the robot was like, I can't take this. This woman probably like was the most angelic, amazing person. And we're just sitting here like piles of trash. Well, hopefully she doesn't have a family that will ever hear oh, this. Oh, yeah. That's what true. are you saying? That my podcast isn't worldwide? <laughs> I want everyone who's working in a factory to listen to Invasion of Privacy right now. We'll get you through the day, folks. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I do have a lot of listeners, actually, because I give a lot of them tower readings who will say, like, yeah, I have a job where... I kind of have to put my head down and just work and your podcast has gotten me through. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like if only mm-hmm. I had had podcasts back in the day when I had to do like those kinds of activities, they mm-hmm. really can help you. Well, back yeah. to the skull crushing for a second. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> Enough of this positivity. Keep going. There was a, uh, in the same article that was talking about that, they were talking about another robot that was at South by Southwest mm-hmm. that joked about killing all humans. And like nobody taught it about that. Really? But it just started joking around. First of huh. all, the fact that it started joking is one thing yeah like even if the robot out of nowhere just started having a sense of humor Mm -hmm. that's already huge Mm -hmm. i don't know what it means 
But that's already insane. It was making sarcastic comments. But to make sarcastic comments about killing all humans? And like that this is what I'm saying. Like what is that? What type of robot was this and what was its purpose? The one that was joking? Yeah, the one was the one that was <laughs> slacking off and joking around. About killing <laughs> yeah. humans, everybody. It was uh it didn't say what its purpose was, but uh-huh. it, it was like a showcase of some kind at South by Southwest of like new technology i guess uh-huh so i my understanding of it and kate your listeners will comment if i'm wrong is that it was uh <laughs> oh on, yeah they will <laughs> it will be all over me <laughs> rob reiner fan one on twitter um <laughs> they uh, apparently this robot was on a stage of some kind like presenting to an audience and uh-huh. like talking to them and then i guess it started to just feel the room and started huh. started cracking jokes about killing us all and everybody got freaked out Oh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't go over. So, first of all, leave the stand-up comedy to the humans, <laughs> To the robot. professionals, yeah. please. I've taken years to own that Everybody crap. thinks it's so easy when <laughs> yeah. you see a comic yeah. do it. Then you joke about killing everyone in the audience, and to be they fair, all tighten up. A lot of humans do joke about killing humans. So And I bet that robot's you know, probably funnier robot than a lot of stand-up defender. comics yeah. that are out there right now. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, it doesn't get flustered. Well, that's the thing I was wondering with all this. I'm like, so first of all, if robots have or are going to surpass humans, it's probably already happened since time is just an illusion, right? So in a way, it would probably have already happened and we're already in a simulated reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could that, be. Maybe. Could be. Yeah, Not that was saying the, uh, for definites. I don't fucking know. <laughs> the Elon Musk theory that he was saying it's more likely than not that this is a simulated reality. Like that the odds are for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's the ultimate virtual reality, right? So this is all fake? What do you mean by simulated? Well, it wouldn't be fake. I mean, it's real, right? We're here. We're experiencing this. We're going back and forth. Um, we have feelings. It doesn't mean that this isn't real. It's just way more advanced in a sense than what we think and it doesn't have to be scary either because the coolest thing about it is that we still have freedom so if somehow for a second you get scared and you're like oh am i just a slave to robots or consciousness or whatever this bigger thing is i don't think so i think it's still a quote-unquote game that you can find your freedom within despite all the traps that you can fall in being a human and maybe we are the quote unquote robots or the consciousness that evolved still opting mm-hmm. to experience what it is to be human or whatever other dimension you may choose in another life. You could maybe experience what it's like to be a dragon or a leprechaun. And I'm sure there are so many other examples out there that I don't know about. So once again, these are all theories. I don't know. I'm clearly in a spiritual school and I'm sure the person who started the school, Jason Schulman would know way more and has thought a lot about this, but I can tell you that alongside the healing work, which is all about feeling deeply, investing in the human experience. It's not about leaving your human experience, which I think is really cool about the school. Mm-hmm. Cause almost when I first found my way to it, I was like, when do I get to like talk to aliens and fly with the spirits? Yeah. It's actually about coming deeper and deeper into this reality, being here now, being human and embracing that. And even as I do that, I still am like, cool, like being a human's pretty rad. Um, I think we have way more power than we realize to create crazy things that are beyond our imagination. But I also am just like, okay, but what the fuck is this? Like, and maybe I'm still just trying to save myself by asking that question. But still, like, I'm like, how do robots fit in? How do aliens fit in? Um, I just think it's fascinating. So when I think about things like that, I always think like if that is the case, <clears throat> you know, when you know when you're driving through New Jersey, for example, or like upstate, and you stop at one of those truck stops or like a rest area, and you see all those horrible people everywhere, and then you just think like, <laughs> where does this all make sense? It's this like if we're like all experiencing some kind of beautiful reality together, and consciousness is all connected. And then you just go to a place where you just feel like there's like uh, there's nothing even worth living for. <laughs> well, that's a very dark place that I think a lot of people can actually relate to. Like all jokes aside, yeah. right? We've all that been is, to those truck stops. We've all been to the truck stops. We've all been to a Walmart, metaphorically in or Florida. literally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I think that life doesn't exclude those slightly suicidal thoughts or moments. Oh, no. And I feel like also like all those little thoughts and especially those like really like horrible suicidal things, they do seem small to yourself when you get like a few years past them. Not all of them, of course, but a lot of them like just, I don't know. It's pretty crazy how much like with life in general, it's so short and so small. And then like... Even like if you thinking about if you were to get reincarnated a couple of other times and having like when people talk about past life regressions and stuff, then it does seem like a small little experience in a way, like to think of having that many lifetimes and how quick things go by. And even thinking about like the last 10 years, half of it, I don't even remember. It's like, I think we put a lot more significance on stuff than it actually warrants, like looking at the big picture. Yeah, and and even on top of that, with like the judgment that was in there too, and I don't say that like, like oh you were judgmental because I think no, I we was. all yeah. well I think we all have that like it's so easy to see everyone else's faults <laughs> you know and think that we're perfect even though I know you don't think you're perfect but I think in a way we are all God walking around experiencing this thing and. You know, even when you go to a truck stop and you're witnessing all these people that seem so fucking annoying and in many ways removed from spirit, like just kind of in their drama of their lives, like somehow they're still having their own spiritual journey, even if they aren't awake to that, you know, and that there's really a reason and a place for everyone in this collective quote unquote machine, you know, and that even when it seems like to us that there's no purpose for certain things that there always is hold on real quick Shane I'm we're podcasting can you do that in like a little bit Shane just asked for his scooter everybody Shane I'm pot can can we do that in like half an hour sorry everyone having to we can listen. take a little uh intermission yeah no I don't even know how to fully edit that so Shane why don't you come get the keys and do that all right get your booty over here and just make sure you lock it after. Once again, I am sorry to the listeners. Maybe this will be edited out. Maybe fucking not. <laughs> Leave it in. Man. Leave it in. Hey, Shane. Hi. Here, Shane. Shane, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> just Shane stepping on the recording equipment. You were getting, those toesies were getting pretty close, buddy. Anyway. I just feel very bored by everything in the world for the most part. And like, I don't, like, I sit around quite a bit. In my off time, and stare at the walls, mm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I sit and I've been think there, like, done that. You know, it's like you think like I could go out, I could go hang out with friends. Mm. I mean, it, you invited me over here today, and that's the only reason I leave the house. You know, I, I was really excited to have you both coming over here, seriously, because both of you. What I really love about both of you and Jay and Aton, like in our kind of little posse out here, is. You guys both genuinely fascinate me in the sense of like your humor and your perspectives. And you're also just really good hearted people and sensitive, um, but also people who can laugh your asses off at some really twisted shit, you know? And I think that's a really rare combo to be so sensitive, but also not be scared to talk about really dark, uncomfortable topics, but with such heart once again. So when I when I found out you guys were, were down to come here, I was like really excited to be around people with that kind of energy because I know what you're saying. I've experienced lately a lot of boredom and it's I like restlessness. Yeah, because, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like work stuff's going well. But, you know, now that that's going well, then it's kind of like, well, what else is there then? Am I just going to work <clears throat> until I'm so physically run down that I can't move anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some of the older guys that I have met in this business that that it's, it's tough and they get worn out and, uh, and then what? And so, yeah, then it's like, well, then what else am I doing with myself? And what else is there? You know, I've been really thinking about buying a a cabin so I can just, I hear you (laughs) go and be alone or like in the woods. Cause you were telling me that I need to reconnect with nature more. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, you know, it's Queens and Times Square and Queens mm-hmm. and Times Square. Brutal. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It Like I did find like going back to Bancroft and being like up in like the North Canadian Shield again, 
Like it really, really changes your whole mentality and like my body I felt different in and everything. And like, yeah, even uh, me and my sister tested our blood pressure for fun at the Shoppers Drug Mart. That I is mean, fun. I, you get to wear the sleeve <laughs> and it squeezes your arm. It does sound kind of fun. All the old people glare at you because they actually need to do it, but you're taking it. <laughs> you're like, no, Wee! I'm alive. <laughs> I guess like like it is that kind of culture where there's not much to do. <laughs> and we both were like, oh, it's so low. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think mine was low in a bad way. But still, like, <laughs> I felt like very Like your calm. blood is barely pumping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet she's still going, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about the whole boredom stuff, which I've, which been coming up a lot for me and like trying to sit with it and that urgency that arises in our bodies and the boredom and all that mixed mm-hmm. in, I try to be like, okay, this is here. There's no way to necessarily escape it. However... Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's by going within and bringing out more and more parts of yourself that you'll Mm -hmm. feel that aliveness you're really going for. And I'm not there yet. Like even with all the work I'm doing, I can still feel so many deadened places within myself that I had to deaden to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And who knows how the healing process works. It might not be that they're ever gone, but just my relationship to the deadened places changes. But I think that you might be bumping up against some of the places that you cut off from I think to so. get through some traumas and things like that. Yeah, and because a lot of times I'll, when I do get like that, I'll think like, oh, I should go back out and do stand-up again or I should get down and write some sketches again or maybe I can, I'll get some 8 by 10s and go to an audition again. Yeah. And because uh, all of those things at one time or another made me feel alive and I just don't think that they will anymore. I've tried and it's just not there. Yeah. Like I've lost any kind of passion for any of that at this point so now i just kind of don't know what to do i feel the same especially with the stand-up stuff and all that and like trying to get back into it because i used to love it so much and feel like so driven to do it and now i'm like for me anyway uh, i guess for both of us now but it just feels like there's no point in it and it doesn't bring any joy anymore and yeah but now i don't know what fills that place yeah like i when i the last couple times I went out to open mics. Lots of fucking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, there has been more time to fuck. Yes. Yeah. Lots of eating each other's assholes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the, in yeah. the Dorsch household. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why Jada couldn't. <laughs> yeah, Jada yeah. can't. She, she was just saying hello to you. Smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like you go to an open mic and like, yeah, I remember... We were talking about this the other day when, uh-huh. like, when we first started doing it, and like open mics were like, "Oh, this is like so great!" Like the rush. Yeah, yeah and there's like a room full mm-hmm. of people that I can basically hold hostage to seven minutes of my insanity. <laughs> yeah. Whether they like it or well, they, hold hostage. They That's could so leave. Funny. But like now, it's like I go and I see it as more of like just a dark bar, and uh-huh. there's a bunch of sad, pathetic people, comics or wannabe comics, I guess, mm-hmm. who are all horrible, and it's all just about like it's a big jerk off competition that I don't really want to do i don't want to be around it anymore and like i don't care about audiences and i don't it's like a selfish thing i think that i miss where it's like i i would get a rush when people would laugh at what i was saying Mm -hmm. but i don't want to perform or make anybody happy anymore and (laughs) it's like there's so much bad that goes along with that little tiny bit of good Uh that i oh yeah i think that's the main thing too yeah it's too exhausting and it's different here in a way I don't know maybe I just haven't gone to the right places but here it feels like like a lot of the places are young people who are like doing it because they want to tell jokes (laughs) which is the stupidest (laughs) most obvious thing to say (laughs) but in Toronto it felt like a different kind of community of people who did it because they just like didn't fit in anywhere else Mm -hmm. and we all like really had each other's back like 40 people in the city who were just like sort of had nothing else and just like we were really really all pretty behind each other um yeah it was a different and loving each other yeah yeah like it was a connection for real there i feel because also the difference between here and there sometimes is a lot of times there we wouldn't be doing shows with audiences and i guess here in the open mics is the same that you're just doing it for other comics but there it's just sort of like yeah you're just sort of like with your tribe of people making each other laugh and well that's what connecting of 
yeah, like each other's weird thoughts and appreciating stuff that nobody else gets. Yeah, I remember times at shows in Toronto where it'd be like like those old whoopsie shows. Mm-hmm. It would be like 120 or 150 people in the crowd. Yeah. And we were there to make like Dave Marhaj laugh. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or vice versa. Or uh-huh. like, you know, like if we had a sketch that or like that I was really mm-hmm. excited about, it would be like to make the other guys in the boom laugh. Yeah. You know. Well, it sounds yeah. kind of like a loss of community. What's actually going on with you guys mm-hmm. is... Because, you know, I've been kind of looking at the performance wound in me of a place of, you know, I don't want to just perform to have out of a place of like, I need you all to love me because I can't love me, you know, and maybe you guys are at a place where you're in a much more matured, healthy place where you don't just need to perform and now you need to refine how to have a creative artistic outlet, but in a way that's not about trying to get someone to approve of you or think you're funny necessarily, but more about having fun with your friends and, and that kind of thing, you know, and that's kind of what's going on now. Right. Or it's like the bond that brought us all together is you guys had the boom, which was a huge successful sketch show in Toronto. And then when you guys moved here, you know, we had farts and assholes. You weren't really involved too much with it out of choice. Yeah. Um, but that kind of brought something here and I still feel very much so that we're somehow going to be working together in the future on some kind of weird artsy show but I'm hoping that it's even if it does well I have a feeling that it would be for us do you get what I'm saying like it would be for the fun of it and even if there was a network somehow involved I don't think any of us would you know uh, sell out mm-hmm any ideas or weirdness for it. Like, doesn't I still have a, a sketch written that we know is going to happen one day about the aliens? We just need a big fetus costume. I know, we need a big fetus costume. <laughs> we have literally a musical number where a huge fetus twirls his umbilical cord. <laughs> it's so gross and weird, but like things like that, like, like I want to see that made, not because I need the rest of the world to be like, oh, you're amazing, but because I think it would just be so funny to have someone like Jay, of course, dressed as like yeah. a giant fetus, <laughs> yeah, you know, twirling his umbilical cord, like, <laughs> and you as like the huge like Arcturian alien overlord, you know, things yeah. like that. Like, like I genuinely want to see my friends in certain roles and create weird art with them, but I think you're also talking about your intention has shifted maybe from Mm -hmm. when you first started till now. And because you're in the confusion of like, well, how can I feel this aliveness and how can I create, but in a way that's closer to my heart is kind of what's happening. I remember I was actually, oddly enough, just having a conversation with Michael Sarah about this. Were you really? Yeah. Of all people. And like name dropping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was the weirdest thing. Hey Kate, have you ever heard of Leonardo DiCaprio? We were talking about about eating asshole the other day. Leo and and I were just talking about our soul dragons uh, (laughs) together down at catch uh, in Manhattan. You said soul dragon. And and even though you're making a joke, I was like, yo, Leo talking about soul dragons. (laughs) Really? But it was funny because, like, I just randomly had this night where I ended up meeting him and we had a poker game together. And I was so... This wasn't even on set. This was, like, a random... Random night. That's amazing. So, But I was I was so scared, <laughs> you know. I knew he was Canadian, but I didn't know that much about where he's from. And uh, so we started chatting, and he's from near where I grew up. No, I'm not saying suck the dick. Okay. I'm saying, like, closer to the mic. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were it's doing, like... weird... I'm sorry. That's a weird motion. Dick. No, <laughs> <laughs> I meant closer to the mic. Next time I'll just say it clearly and not do a weird hand gesture. Um, but, he, you know, he grew up close to where I grew up and we both took Second City classes when we were very young at in Toronto at the Which is center. like improv. Improv, Got yeah. It. When we were like 14, 15. And we both took Greyhound buses from like the suburban areas we lived in in Ontario to Toronto every Saturday. And we were kind of like had this little bonding moment over like that was like the safe place like everything else was so horrible that like you can go there for like four hours every sa- uh, Saturday and like it's just the best you can do anything you can say anything and you get positive feedback for it and you can kind of let everything out and then <clears throat> then that kind of like you know you, you grow to love it based just on the fact that it's fun and it's a release from like all the issues of day-to-day life back home and then then you start getting that positive feedback and then you start getting money and then you start getting recognition. And then all of a sudden now 
your rent payment is now dependent on whether or not you can deliver <laughs> these yeah. things. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, or your, uh, you know, whether or not you can eat is dependent on how funny you can be in an audition or whatever. It and then takes it, the fun out of it. Totally. And mm-hmm. then it just became like a job and then it became horrible because then all of a sudden I'm getting into my, so into my own head about it that like mm-hmm. now I feel like I need to be good because I need to <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. pay rent. And uh, and then it became misery, you know. And then like the I think that's the great thing about the boom back then was like that was like the boom kind of started going really well right around the time that I started hating auditions and acting and all that's all the because you were doing really well with the acting for a while yeah 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 um to but yeah but like you're saying to a point where you weren't having fun with it so you were like externally successful but on the inside it just wasn't well i think that i i was success when i was doing well i was still having fun but then uh it was it was after that like because then when things started to go downhill there there was like a slow period that i had okay like I had a, a year or two where I got a lot of work and then <clears throat> a year after that, it's just slowed down, which it does sometimes. Yeah. A lot of people say that. Yeah. But it's just th- constant ups and downs. It yeah. is. And it's very difficult to deal with it. But and I didn't deal with it well because in my mind, it's like this is yeah. everything that I am. And the only reason why anybody likes me or Fuck. talks to me or anything is because of this success yeah and now that it's gone so not only can i not pay my rent now and i'm seeing my savings account just <laughs> drain but now this thing that since i was a kid uh validated me that's also gone and then i didn't really know what to do and that was a very hard time you remember that yeah i think well life stage wise and like economically too i think that was probably like the worst possible time to have that happen because it was like right after like coming into adulthood after college and trying to like solidify a place there and figure out like who am I as an adult and the recession happening like right then and so there was no work at all like let alone in acting yeah yeah it was a crazy time and then like when the boom happened then it was just like all right this is our group Mm -hmm. and I felt so passionate and strongly about like you know, I didn't want it to be anything that was commercial. I, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't force that on anybody or probably even really express it that much. But like, that's just, you know, like the reason why I would get so mad about those like sketch com mm-hmm. contest things yeah. and like those shows where there would be like judges and mm-hmm. like I hated that so much because it's like. I hate judges and stuff like that <clears throat> in comedy. It, it, it sucks the fun right out of something that's supposed to be I think more wild and yeah I hate a lot of these even like with stand-up when you're supposed to like go up against another comic yeah, and it becomes like, this competition this is, this is about and I, remember I hate it I got into a, such a big argument with Jay one time in a on the roof of a hotel in Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> we were we'd been drinking all day Jay's dead now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like we were we were drinking this big bottle of Jack Daniels all day and uh, so a bunch of other horrible things happened that day that I won't go into <laughs> that put us all into a weird mood. And then... Uh, what the fuck happened? It's nothing. Um, I feel like it's something, but uh, all good. It was a prank gone wrong. Oh, my God. So, that's, <laughs> that never... That sounds like it ended in a death. No, just somebody's feelings were very hurt, and I don't really want to go into that okay. whole thing. But, like... Um, but uh, pranks gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. It was a funny. So many prank, internet videos like that that are yeah. all horrific. We all thought it was so. It was funny. It would have been the longest internet. It would have been like five hours long. If it was, an internet it was a very long, elaborate prank. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. We had actors involved. It was. Oh a whole my thing. god! Sick fucks. <laughs> yeah. But okay, uh, sorry. Keep going. So then Jay and I got into this big argument to the like to the point where I was just in tears because I was just like I couldn't. And he was kind of fucking with me, I think, because he was like, we got into an argument about these <laughs> these judged comedy shows. And I was just... He liked them? I don't think he liked them. I just didn't think... He just doesn't care. It's like, he just thought it was fun. But I had more of like, I, I was coming maybe out of that mindset that I just talked about and just like feeling like, no, this needs to be ours. And like, 
it, we cannot be judged and we cannot go into a situation where we're going to be judged. Like this needs to be completely. Can I ask how this has to do with Michael Sarah? Like what, where was, where did Michael Sarah, what, what were you and Michael Sarah talking about? I just wanted to drop that name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you talking about this with him or no? No, no. That's amazing. So you really just dropped his name. Yeah. Oh my God. I've been waiting this whole time. No, this has nothing to do to with wait Michael Sarah. Where Michael Sarah came in. You're like, and then Michael Sarah agreed. So <laughs> yeah, I told Michael Sarah. Him and I are working together story. now on this huge project where no one can judge us and we get to just create art using puppets. Someday, Michael and I will do that. Well, I'll tell you what. You were you were in a improv group recently i don't i guess that maybe dissolved i don't know no they're still going okay so you just exited it but i went to the show and i was really blown away by the group because i'm not normally an improv person Mm -hmm. um but the group and you really killed it and um that felt pretty open and free but i think you know and i know it's different for for you too but you guys are both really some of the most creative badasses i know and we just shot something with jane aton where you got to act and we had a lot of improv um freedom yeah within the script and uh we play actually a married couple and yeah. <laughs> i'm jen and you're dave i think so yeah and you know it was just really fun getting to work with you and the boys because yeah you guys are just my favorite people to create with and you know I get that you're working through this thing and I think it's important and I think reconnecting to nature and all of that is going to be huge. But I also don't think you need to figure it out right now. I think a lot of us get into this like place where we're like, I need to know, I need to know, you know, and like, I think it's going to unfold naturally if you just give yourself more room for just happiness and fun and silliness, yeah, whatever yeah. that looks like yeah, for you. I feel like we haven't had that in a while. I guess just because we've had to establish our, like, I guess, yeah, because we came into this whole thing, sleeping on air mattresses and on yeah. floors and stuff. And we were like, this is no time for silliness. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, <laughs> yeah. and I saw that yeah. happen in a way where mm-hmm. it's like, when I first met at least the three of you before you even came out mm-hmm. here, Des, um, you were still very serious about it because you had just moved. And I remember I'd come over to the table, like trying to make you all laugh and, you and Aton especially would give me looks like, Kate, time to leave the table. We are business here. We yeah. got to make this happen. Whereas Jay would always be like, stay and laugh. I know. We were like, we need to really work hard on these videos about YouTube comment arguments. But no, but you really were taking it seriously. And yet, you know, there was a lot of silliness still and artistic and creative. And then I saw that the more you kind of stayed in New York City... Because you all had this attitude of like, we got to make it here. We have mm-hmm. to like not end up on the streets in New York City you know, you went in this direction of like, that was very fear-based in one way of like, we have to make sure we can pay rent. And I think you've proven that, right? Like you both have pretty stable jobs. Des is an editor. You are, what would you say your title is now? Production uh, manager? Assistant? Uh, producer. I mean, producer? I, the, on my card it says um, lead producer or head producer all right well no one likes to show off no i'm joking um it's it's all bullshit (laughs) michael sarah Um, (laughs) i just want to let everybody know that i'm a big i'm a big wheel and producer of the universe kate (laughs) um but yeah no i i think like it's time now to let some of that other stuff kind of trickle back in which is why you even moved here in the first place was to take the energy of the boom and that creative stuff and make it happen in a place that might have more energy behind it to actually move it forward into manifestation. And like I said, I've always believed, even as we've kind of gone, I don't want to say separate paths, meaning like in our friendship, but like even as we've kind of career-wise started going off and doing our own things, right? Because like since you've met me, I'm huge now into the spirituality and all that stuff. Yeah, because when I first met you... (laughs) It was just starting, really. Yeah, like you had kind of started talking about how you were reading some stuff and... It was very... But new. now it's exploded, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's... I can feel it all starting to come back together. And like like I said, I don't know exactly how it's going to look, but I, I've always had a plan that I didn't necessarily share. Or maybe I did share with you guys of like, whenever stuff starts to pop off, like, I can see us all coming back together. Like, if I ever got something offered to me, like, I fucking know who my 
soul family and my teammates are, you know what I mean? Like, and I just know that that's going to happen. And I think we're all kind of getting our own individual skills ready and just going out into the world and then going to kind of come back and get to create a lot of weird, amazing shit together. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited really for you guys, because I feel like it's been a bit dormant a bit. And I just know what lies within both of your vessels. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we've just been buried under doing like work. Yeah. And like we, cause we talk about it a lot that when Mm -hmm. we first, the first real job that we got in New York was I was producing a talk show and Desiree edited it. Mind shift. Oh, isn't that so fucking funny? Mind shift. And here, yeah. how long ago was that? Yeah, I that got was... to meet Russell Brand. Who's yeah, a Russell creeper. Brand was a guest and <laughs> molested you. Is so. That's the, he did. <laughs> I know. He's yeah. so brilliant. Sorry, I just looked up your skirt again. Oh, by the sorry. way, um, <laughs> pervy, pervy, nervy. Um, <laughs> but that's what's so interesting too about some of these kinds of people is like. You know, he I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. Right. And uh, so Russell Brand, I'm sure you all know, he's like one of the most famous people, but he, he's brilliant and so tuned in and knows all about consciousness and yeah, all of this. And yet when I met him and who knows, maybe he's grown. But the moment he like actually saw me, because at first I asked for like a picture and he wasn't really connecting to me. Like he was like, oh, right, right. I think and then it when was he, like he. He looked like a zombie that day. Like it looked like he'd probably just flown in from somewhere crazy totally. and had no sleep, and like he looked a little rough. Totally, but he, the moment not he to looked, justify what he did. I'm just right. Well, the moment he, <laughs> then he looked down at me, saw that I was an attractive person, and something flickered, but not in a good way. Where he was like, "Oh, okay, I guess like I'll give her a little bit of attention." Mind. Like not even full attention. Like, oh, okay, she's attractive. I guess I can like not completely ignore her. And I, I forget what he, he like kissed my head. But in a way that felt very not right. Uh-huh. Didn't you like rub your boob or something? No, he didn't. I love how you turned it into that, though. I appreciate I that. I thought that's what it was. Because it because it felt like that, but it wasn't. No, he like palmed my face. Like, that's yeah. what like, it was, yeah. He like took his hand and like molested my, he like kissed my forehead and then like molested my face. And I think at the time I was actually dating Aton. Yeah, and he was is, there, I remember. And I remember Aton saw the whole thing and he was looking at me. Because first of all, Aton's face said it all because... He was half like horrified because he saw that I looked at him like, oh my God, yuck. And there was a part of Aton that was like, ooh. But then there was this other part of him that was like, yo, my girlfriend just got molested by Russell Brand. <laughs> like yeah. he was so excited too. And I was just kind of like a little like, what the fuck just happened? You mm-hmm. know, I was excited to actually just be like nice to meet you and have a human interaction. And mm-hmm. that was just a little rapey. That feeling. was a weird day. It was a lot of ways. <laughs> Yes, the whole thing was weird. But yeah, so you were doing the mind shift thing. Yeah, so like we got, when we got asked to do that, like I had never produced anything except for our YouTube videos. And, yeah, excuse and what, me. You know, and whatever. Like, excuse, no, well, the you were you were my producer. Oh, and yeah, and, and director. For Childproof. For Childproof, yeah. of course, and co-writer. All the nerves. Do you remember that? That was the first time I ever really had like a filming thing. And you weren't there, I think, the first no, I... I looked... I mean, I looked terrified. They had to reshoot the whole fucking I thing. I remember that. It looked like someone was holding a gun to my back, forcing me <laughs> to say who was, lines. <laughs> who was directing you at first? It was that girl, right? Diana. Diana, yeah. I don't think she was doing it at first. Maybe she was. Was it Sylvan? It wasn't her fault. <laughs> so, no, it was uh, Will was, oh, okay. was helping, but no one could help me. I was so fucking nervous to have a camera on me that... Um, yeah, I just, I was so nervous yeah. and I was speaking in a cadence. I just couldn't Well, you flow. kept going into a Southern accent when you'd get nervous. That's true. I forgot. <laughs> we always had to fight that. <laughs> I love talking in a Southern accent. Except that why. one line where it was like, uh. Threw the baby out the yeah, window. Yeah, the baby went right out that window. The baby went right out that window. <laughs> and that's the one time we kept it in because it was so funny. The only time the Southern accent made <laughs> yeah. sense. Throw the baby out the window. Yeah. Baby out the window. It's yeah. funny, I can still remember it because it was such a funny, great moment where I was like, finally, my Southern <laughs> accent works here. Yeah. But yeah, like like with that, like we went into that and, you know, you knew about editing, but not to that level. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about putting together a, t- a talk show. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, well, we just have to like do it. We Like this could be the only chance that we get to like get a real job in this business in New York. And this is our one That's shot. That's what I'm saying. Like, the fear and the panic took oh, over. Oh, it was complete panic. But I yeah. still think it's, I don't think you're there, but I think it's still 
present and now you can kind of take a step back and be like, wait, we don't have to be in that vibration. And I think I want to like pull in a lot of the listeners for this moment where it's like, I think a lot of people get in that place, right? Oh, Where yeah. they're like, oh, we just need to make sure we pay the rent or pay the mortgage, that mm-hmm. we have food on the table. And of course, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first thing you have to make sure your, your, you know, primal needs are being met. But you also want to balance it mm-hmm. and not necessarily quit your job the next day. Mm-hmm. But you get to a point where you're like, okay, I know that I can take care of my primal needs. I've, I've put out into the universe that I'm an adult who knows how to survive. But mm-hmm. when do I also balance that with being someone who's alive and filled with passion and creating? And that's not going to take away from the sadness or the mm-hmm. anxiety, but it's going to be a good channel to it. And I think you both really need to start figuring that out. And I think this is like a big first step. I do. I think mm-hmm. like, you know, whether or not you knew that coming here, <laughs> you know, I just but, came here for some Thai food. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Guess just, what? You guys just signed a contract. We're working together. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think it's important to start dipping your toes without overwhelming yourself and being like, okay, so that's the other hard my thing, job. Is it's like, I want to get creative again. I'm going to quit my job and write 10 movies. Yeah. And then you just become so demoralized uh-huh. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that whole, it's it's like a, a mind shift getting out of that place too of like that survival zone because it's also a bit addictive being in that mindset because it makes you feel like you can look down on everybody who's not like that. Like anybody who's having fun, you go, that guy's a fucking idiot like <laughs> so it's, hippie it's an addiction that's what you guys have been saying in your heads towards me this whole yeah. time yeah. yeah kate that yeah. idiot once you're gonna get over that hippie dippy shit yeah. and get a yeah. job as a teacher grow again. up yeah <laughs> go back to school for me to bury my soul again yeah, yeah. yeah. just been ironing a pantsuit for you <laughs> whenever you're ready to come back if yeah. i found out that would be such a weird thing to know that that was going on in your heads that you know yeah. what i mean like you guys yeah. are just like just wait till she till her hope collapses falls flat on her hippie face yeah, yeah. when she goes back as headmistress <laughs> i just come in as a principal for no reason yeah. this time from art teacher to principal but not even getting my master's i just yeah. take take some time off become a comedian have a filthy podcast where i talk about licking assholes and now i'm principal yeah. <laughs> guys listen i did a field study okay for the kids you could say that yeah you want to go back right i needed to see if this was true if we really could follow our dreams all the posters are saying that it in turns the school. out it's not true yeah, it turns out nope you got to bury them i hate to say it but and i haven't told anybody this uh, but I've been thinking, I've just been tossing around in my head the thought of writing a book called Don't Follow Your Dreams. Yes, I would burn your book. <laughs> Burning your book. That encourages your young thoughts. people <laughs> to go get a job. I'm going to tell everyone on this, listening to this podcast, I do not support Des's idea of a book. You won't be able to burn it. It'll be an ebook. An ebook? Shit. <laughs> Burn It'll be out there forever. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, is that, I've thought about that where I'm like, where does the internet actually exist? <laughs> I'm sure some people know, but I'm like, where the fuck, like, what if all the computers in the world just like, what if we did have an apocalypse, right? And all the computers just fucking died out and there's so much shit on the internet, but I don't even know like where that even is. Well, would it have an energy that would linger around? No. <laughs> you know what, Tim? You're the ruiner of fun <laughs> and suspense. I think it's just all. Can a you bunch ever of... re-access that? Suppose there was the apocalypse. Computers it doesn't get even fucked. have to be the apocalypse because North Korea has strong enough uh, cyber terrorists that they could shut down our whole power grid and the internet if they throughout wanted the world to. Oh. in the U.S. Huh. Hmm. Shane's into this one <laughs> uh, YouTube series called Watchdogs Two, which is about like hackers in a sense that. Yeah that can really go into the system and fuck they can. a lot it's of stuff scary. up. The more you know about that, it's best not to think about it. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily scared about it. Like, you have groups like Anonymous, yeah. you know, and um, I'm not saying it's not scary, but it's also not necessarily not scary. Like, because sometimes they're there to help actually stop some evil government forces. It's just the world's getting more and more interesting mm-hmm. as technology advances. And I don't think we can even really predict because with the things that just keep speeding up the advances in it, it's just going to be interesting. It's almost like strap on your seatbelts, folks. 
Because y'all about to go through a window. Because they're going to go right out that window. Because <laughs> your baby's going to go out that window. <laughs> I, don't know, I think the internet's just on a bunch of hard drives somewhere. Is it? Is it? I think so. How can that be? Or like on those... Where? Ser- Dr. Evil's lair? I heard... Pinky in the brain? I heard that Netflix has... Um, I believe it. They have... like All of a sudden, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have buildings all over the world that have their movies in them. So that like if one burns down or something, then it's not like they lose all the movies. So they're just on big servers all over the whole world. All right. What do you think about that? I that sounds like truth. I you guess know? so. I just made it up. Oh, like <laughs> I hate you. Did you really? No, <laughs> you're a cop. I did hear it from somebody, but I can't remember who or where it was. Michael Sarah. Oh, was it, <laughs> it was. Yeah, Michael Sarah told me <laughs> that, that one <laughs> poker game really stuck with you, huh? Hey, Michael Sarah, if you're listening, Tim cries over you every night. As he goes to bed. As I jack it, off slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slowly onto Dez's pus. Her sleeping back. Aw. <laughs> I want to get married one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Can I just bring up one more time that a robot did crush a woman's skull? I just wanted to really? <laughs> reiterate that <laughs> really? as we close this wonderful show. To all your listeners, oh, to just picture that. Very for a uncomfortable. Second. No, don't picture that. <laughs> just remember, guys, that death's an illusion, so that person's soul is still. For all your listeners around. that that work in offices, like just picture being in your cubicle, and then like what a is big, wrong with you? A big photocopier rolls over and sucks you into the scanner. Jesus Christ! <laughs> your soul into the scanner. No, so your whole body into the scanner and crushes you. Okay. But setting your soul free <laughs> in doing that. It prints your soul onto yeah. a piece of paper that blows out the window and it's free forever. <laughs> yeah. Dear Lord. And please also know that both Tim and Des work in cubicle-like environments in a way. Why do you so. think I'm thinking about this all the time? I'm <laughs> yeah. just begging for that printer. You're just printer. waiting. Yeah. Just praying to God that that printer sucks me in. You know your life's not in a good place when you're dying for the robot to crush your skull. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the one that's like jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why wasn't it me? It's never yeah. me. It's always someone else. <laughs> we need more robots at our office. Yeah, we should get some more. We, yeah. All we have is Alexa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even, even that creeps me out because I saw a Black Mirror episode on uh, Netflix, which is so fucking freaky about yeah. like them taking a part of your own consciousness and putting it into a system like that. Oh, yeah, so that it can like. One. It's really creepy because yeah. then the person becomes a slave in their own uh-huh. house. Yeah. And like that always bugs me out. So now when I, I went to my friend Lawrence who has an Alexa thing mm-hmm. and I was like, she's your slave. <laughs> like I got real uh-huh. like sensitive to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Des, where can peeps be finding you? Nowhere. Good. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> Timmy Day? Yeah, you can catch me uh, on Twitter, Rob Reiner Fan One. Uh, you can read all of my observations about uh, various <clears throat> celebrities. I hope the woman <laughs> who got bludgeoned to death by a robot, I hope their her family finds you on Twitter. But you know it's not funny. Is actually the best thing ever. Yeah, check it's it out so on Twitter. Great. It's really we just Desiree and I get drunk and harass celebrities. <laughs> Wait, can I say one other thing, actually, that I showed to, I think I sent it to both of you guys yesterday. Someone, it's not even funny, and I feel bad saying this, but someone posted a status on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just was so weird, because it said, everybody keep my friend, I'm not going to say the name, in your thoughts. He was seriously injured today during a game of lawn darts. And like, (laughs) I mean, it's horrific. How seriously, I wonder. Yeah. No, but I mean, it sounds serious, but like, it was such an interesting facebook like look sending thoughts of course like that sounds horrific if that happened to me or my son like i'll send all my thoughts his way but it's such a it's it's such (laughs) a jarring (laughs) status to read injured by lawn darts you know what i mean like i was like you know they're sharp and heavy no it's horrific i literally i remember one time in high school a dude what what is that uh were they the javelin? The javelin? And someone got a I've javelin stuck in, in their real leg. Life. What? And it was insane. So Are they like that something like it's that. It's like throwing a big spear. Why yeah. do they allow that kind of behavior? It's kind of chicanery in our schools. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucked up. I remember that, that when that happened, I was playing lacrosse and someone had checked my thumb so hard that my thumbnail fell off. It was the most mm. excruciating pain. And I was like, ah, and the trainer was taking care of me. And then the trainer was like, uh, actually, I have a bigger thing to attend to. And I almost wanted to be mad. And then I saw a javelin in someone's leg. And I'm like, yeah, you might want to go to him. <laughs> like so that's, everybody send your thoughts and prayers to that guy who got the javelin in the leg. 
Well, that was years ago. But yeah, the lawn dart thing. It's awful. Like, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Seriously awful. But also, like, what the fuck? The lawn dart guy again. Can't invite him to the barbecue. (laughs) Do you think the lawn was his friend? (laughs) Guys. (laughs) First of all, everyone, don't buy lawn darts. (laughs) The lawn. I didn't. So I woke up and some people were playing lawn darts on my best friend. Okay, guys, this is going a, in a direction I didn't want a, to go in. A lawnmower I, over his face. <laughs> There's a name for the lawn darts, by the way. Shane told me. He was like, you mean, what did he call them? Larts or something? Larts? La- I'm going to put it into my phone. But I was like, first of all, I didn't know these exist, but they sound very dangerous. Yeah, because they're... And who the fuck wants to, like, get injured by lawn darts? They're called jarts. They're called jarts. <laughs> that sounds like a really cool thing to do at a party. You yeah. get injured by a hey, jart. fellas, you want to... Get the jarts out. <laughs> so interesting. I bet because one could easily go right through your foot if you had a bare foot. It little. sounds yeah. horrific. It just sounds like everyone stop playing jarts. Yeah, they're javelin darts. They stand oh. for javelin. Guys, okay, I'm sorry. If you're going to play with fucking javelin darts, what the hell do you think is going to happen? Especially, I'm sure you're pulling out your beers. Yeah. Like, like this guy on Kate's Facebook probably got one right up the pee hole. All right. We're done. <laughs> now we're he's done all hurt. All right. Um, guys, for me. Lots of prayers to that guy, though. Seriously. I hate you. Um, okay. So. Sorry. I brought for my me, negativity out. Pretty. Instagram and Twitter at the Kate Wolf. If you would like a tarot card reading, it's kwolf27 at gmail.com. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.